0: Because of a day in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I was destined to be a great football player. And at some point along the way, I didn't love that grind anymore. And if you don't have the love of the game that you see in really good players in the NFL, you're not going to make it no matter who you are.
1: Happy Friday, everybody.
0: Chris. uh.
2: (laughs) It's your worst one yet. Well, I was (laughs) mid-swallow. You feel dumb? No, I don't feel
1: dumb. I feel dumb. Look at me. Oh, you look dumb. I look like you look every fucking day, okay? I I shaved accidentally a little too much off my beard. I had an accident. People asked if it was the volcano, which you just learned about. Drugs, Volcano is drugs? Yeah, nice smooth drugs. And it helped me organize my bathroom. It did not make me want to shave my beard. I just organically fucked up my beard.
2: I guess my question is why are there so many accidents with you in shaving your head? I probably need a better uh, face razor.
1: I look like a hairless cat and I feel incredibly embarrassed. And when we get to mailbag later, people were frying me for my face. And I'm thinking to myself, do you feel this stupid every day?
2: Hmm. Some taken. Uh, yes, I do. But people are used to it. Yeah. So it's... You think it's
1: more that they're not used to seeing me, right? Like this. I feel like I look like with with a hat on. I look like every bald white guy in America huh. that may or may not be an undercover cop.
2: Can you see my uh, mustache right now? Out of curiosity. It's very light. Mm-hmm. It's
1: very light. Yeah. The it's, it's like a little sandpapery. Yeah. Um. I got in here today, and let me tell you, I was jazzed. I was jazzed because we got a great interview coming up with Johnny Manziel, heard of him? John Football. Yeah, Johnny Football. He is uh, the face of the fan-controlled football league, and that's what we got right now.
2: I think the interview with Johnny will likely take my breath away. I think I will be speechless.
1: I think you'll probably be speechless and probably not talk the entire interview. Is that where you're going? Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, We also have to talk about something that I saw happen in real time right here. I got the real-time reaction for you. No, he didn't. Oh, to where?
2: Yes, yes, yes! Yes!
1: I'm so happy! Reed, you were the one who told me about the bombshell trade, yeah?
2: Oh, and a, something of a game of telephone there because you're the one who broke the news to me. Flip, Flip, Philadelphia flip has agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into... A first league sources tell Cowboy Reed.
1: I'm excited. I'm excited for Buddy. I think it's a fresh start for him. You know, me, like, I think a lot of people think that, like, me and Carson are really tight the way I defend him, but I just more have trouble with seeing, like, character assassinations that are extrapolated on a couple anonymous sources when you have people on the record saying, this guy's not a ginormous douchebag. Like, it's amazing to me that some people will go off of the the most flaky evidence to indict somebody as just this locker room cancer. But when people tell you that if he has some things to work on, sure, that's, that's a fair assessment. But locker room cancer, I can't believe some of the things I'm reading. I'm excited for him to end up in a new situation. I made a lot of news this week because I called Philly a, a burning building. I mean, it's not the only burning building, guys. But currently, it's kind of a burning building. I'm happy a buddy's getting out of there. So that was my initial reaction. Question I would have would be, if you're Philly, you're rooting for the one, which is gonna be, hopefully, for for their sake, a early one. I don't think that's likely. I think he plays well there. And for sure, if you look at the, the conditional two and how it could turn into a one, in addition to that three, 70% of the snaps and the playoffs, it turns into a one. 75% of the snaps, no playoff caveat, and it is a one. So like Howie Rosen's gonna be sitting there and probably pulling for Carson to stay healthy, play 75% of the snaps and not make the playoffs, right? That's probably what he's doing in his office all next year.
2: For sure. You don't want the X to run off and do better. And that's clearly what's going to happen.
1: It's clearly what's gonna happen because like like I said, the X is leaving a burning building. And I wonder if somebody asked how he like pointedly, like, which it's a bad situation to be in as a GM answering this question, but are you rooting for Carson in the future? How much are you rooting for Carson in the future? Because this isn't just a trade, it's a trade that goes the best for Philly if Carson bombs in Indy. So it's an awkward situation on a lot of levels, but it's much less awkward than had Carson been sitting on the bench every Sunday in his uniform, holding the Microsoft tablet in one of the biggest cities on the Eastern seaboard, in one of the biggest markets. And inevitably, Jalen Hurts was gonna have a bad game. So this thing was gonna be even more of a shit show next year because the team's not gonna be great. And so I'm happy for a buddy. Um, You know, and the whole thing about Carson, to put a bow on Carson in Philly, you could think, yeah, toughen up, dude. They drafted a two right after they signed you to a big deal. Yes, some guys are made of it. Like, you know, some guys are really impervious to any outside issues. Some guys are unaffected by a GM setting it up so you have a lot of competition. But to spend a two on competition seemed sideways to me. And if you don't know your player well enough to know that drafting a guy high in the second round right after you break him off and he engages in late season heroics to quite frankly keep your team from cratering and make the playoffs, that's just not where you take an insurance pick. It's not. So the message said it all, it was like this is competition and um, I'm not really of the, the school of thought that Carson is mentally weak because it affected him at all. So if you know your players know what your moves are going to do to them from a standpoint of mindset and like how they're going to enter the season. And if you don't know them well enough, don't break them off for a second deal. You know, like it just never made sense to me. So. And the flip side of that particular coin would be
2: Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. Aaron Razers. Packers go 13 and three, whatever they did buy in the first round. And here's
1: the thing. It's 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 a really hard thing to compare. It's two quarterbacks who are understandably disgruntled that you're not investing in weaponry around them. And obviously Carson's half the player that 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 Aaron is. Um very few are north of half the player that Aaron is. Um but people will say like Aaron has a right to be upset cuz they didn't give him weapons because he has the clout and he's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so imagine how insecure you'd be if you're half the player Aaron Rodgers is and you don't have Aaron Jones and you don't have Devontae Adams. So the truth always lies somewhere in between, and for me, like, don't tell me, as we said last show, that they didn't undermine Carson at some point, and don't tell me that Carson uh, deserved to be untouchable because he played himself into this position, albeit in a situation that was totally fucked up. So if you look at like winners and losers and you try to post-mortem this trade, I think it's like you can't do that stupid head-to-head thing because the Eagles lost this trade before they even made it. They had no choice at this juncture. You know, the main reason they had no choice is because that relationship had just been driven into the ground um, and they've already made their choice with Jalen late last year. As I said on the pod, there was no going back. The only thing that surprised me is that both the quarterback and the head coach were gone. I thought it was gonna be a choose one thing possibly. They chose both, so now there's only one guy left, and that's Howie, who I have no, me and Howie have a good relationship, but I gotta call it how I see it, like now it's on Howie. He dug this hole, now he's gotta get himself out of it. And that's just being honest, so yes, do I think the Colts won the trade? Yeah, absolutely, but they had no choice either. That's the big thing that people are missing out on here is like the, the Eagles had no choice, but the Colts didn't have a choice either. They went with a bridge quarterback who played them into the bottom 10 from a draft pick standpoint, and their window's wide open. You've got some good players there, mm. right? Good team. Good team. Uh, they're gonna need to add a slot-type weapon. Uh, they're gonna need to add a tight end. Um, they have Pittman, who they like, kind of an exus type guy. Um, how does Nelson Aguilar and Zach
2: Ertz via trade sound? That sounds like the the shitty Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles transformed into the above average Indianapolis. Colts. I had a feeling
1: you'd say that. So yeah, maybe another side team there. Um, but yeah, two teams with no choice. The Eagles, broken situation as I mentioned. They had to pay... Uh, no matter what, that dead cap hit was gonna be rough. And you know, we've all talked about it. They actually save 850K in shipping them. So that illustrates that it was a wash. They just had to get him out of there for the hope that they would have a quiet media day after any one of their games next year, relatively quiet. Um, and again, I talked about the position the Colts are in. And the longer this goes, the window's shrinking. But it was inevitable because, and I say inevitable, like from a standpoint of him headed to the Colts because the minute I heard the Bears qualify that they wanted to gauge Carson's interest, if I'm Carson Wentz, I know there's two players in this race.
2: Where do I want to be? It was all very strange from Philly saying, hey, it could be any day now, about 10 days ago. Leverage, you know, attempt to drum up some leverage or
1: maybe because in my eyes, if you're Philly, where do you want to deposit him? With Matt Nagy or Frank Reich?
2: Yeah, the first one.
1: Yeah, because you want to look good. Because as I said before, Pace really wanted Carson Wentz in 2016, whatever that draft class was, and panicked when they didn't have a backup plan and when they found out the Eagles were trading up. So, you know, like, I believe they were hot on his trail, but um, I think when Carson knew that he had some choice here and how he wanted to shape this process, and I don't blame him for doing this, maybe I'm not as excited about it as you guys are. Okay, well now the Colts are just gonna bend the Eagles over because you really don't have a choice in this matter as I illustrated earlier. Um, and they end up getting him for, in my opinion, um, not so much. And and Ballard is a stingy GM. He's fast approaching being one of the most respected GMs in the game. Um, this is not make or break, but this is going to be a big part of his story, and it's going to be a big part of Frank Reich's story, for sure. And especially Frank Reich, because at the end of the day, he's the one when the lights are off that knows what he believes the likelihood is that he gets 2017 Carson Wentz
2: back. 33 TD, seven picks before he gets injured. It's funny, you, you think about Wentz and Reich with the Colts, and you think, oh, that's going to work out. Whereas... Wentz to the Bears, you think, eh, it's just Mitch 2.0.
1: I don't think Mitch 2.0. I think it would be a situation where we would see somebody definitely north of 2020, but we'd never get back to 2017 with the Bears. And I'm not saying 2017 is a foregone conclusion for him at at any juncture. I think we'd be happy with somewhere in between 17 and 19. Like, that's what you're hoping for with Wentz. Pretty good is an understatement for what he was in 2017. Let's keep it a, a bean here, dude. Like he was, he's been really fucking good. When you're an MVP candidate, I got news for you. For the next five years, teams are going to try to get that out of you. And and he's totally unprecedented if he fails here. Because think of a quarterback who had a more pronounced dramatic one-year run among a bunch of other garbage or mediocrity or Average QB play, however you want to put it. An average QB, 15, yeah, go ahead. RG3. Not as spectacular to me as Carson Wentz in 2017. Okay, It was just
2: the novelty. Carson was, it was novel for Carson, but it was his second year, right? Colts are picking 21st this year. Last year, that was the Eagles. Jalen Rager, one spot behind him, 22, Justin Jefferson. Could anything have changed this? I mean, granted, the health of the Philly team was not so good last year. I think, I think when that group broke up, you had a really good, good cop, bad cop
1: group uh, with Doug as the head coach, Frank being like the glue, right? And Flip, and this was an interesting, uh, DeFilippo, who's in Chicago, was his quarterback coach who was kind of the bad cop. I wish DeFilippo was in Indy. That's the perfect situation for Carson, but at some point he's gonna have to be a big boy and he, he, doesn't, he can't have his entire stable of coaches as his next destination. He had to make a decision between Frank and flip. And I know that wasn't the only factor in the decision making, but that room was so special. And then beyond that, yeah, I mean, certainly Justin Jefferson would have helped, but the offensive line just crumbling from a unit that was insane in 2017 to what we saw recently. I mean, that's the biggest culprit in my eyes. And I'm not blaming the O line for being unhealthy. Um, I also think that. I also think that Carson has a lot to own here, right? I mean, that's, that's obvious. In 2020, he threw the ball to people, I was like, why are you throwing the ball to these people? I can defend you in 2019, I could not defend his 2020 play. But the, the, but the everything that came before 2020 matters going into 2020. When you, when you acquire muscle memory and habits in terrible situations, it's just, it snowballs. And eventually you, you press and you you read that there's heat on you and you want to make bigger plays. I believe that he came into 2020 with the wrong mentality. And that stubbornness has to change. You got a much better chance of doing that with a coach that he believes in, that he knows and trusts. Because at this point, it's been a carousel of fucking voices in his, in his meeting room.
2: Would you rather build a shrine <laughs> in the Greenlight <laughs> Studios for Philly quarterback Jalen Hurts, Indy quarterback Carson Wentz. I'll
1: tell you what I'm gonna do. We're gonna build a shrine for Carson in here. Okay. You know, because people read into that so much, we're gonna just cement the fact that as if we haven't rooted for Carson enough on this show, that we're we're gonna do a shrine.
2: And now they're gonna ask why you didn't build it last year when he was in Philly. You're right.
1: Beautiful. Well, I got an answer for that at okay. some point. <laughs> okay. But I I just think like it's 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 very interesting. You've got um. Field Yates tweeted something today. The effect of the message was don't draft a quarterback uh, early in the first round, especially. With Wentz traded, no single quarterback drafted in the first round from 2009-2016 still with their original team. That's 0 for 22. Which begs the question as a league, what the hell are we doing? And then also, will the Eagles turn around and do what I speculated they might do? Um, There is a report coming out Uh, that the Eagles are talking about drafting a quarterback. They're at least talking about it, right? Um, And this list that Field mentioned, Stafford, Sanchez, Freeman, Bradford, Tebow, Newton, Locker, Gabbert, Ponder, Luck, RG3, Tannehill, Whedon. Forgot about Brandon Whedon. How could you? (laughs) EJ Manuel, ACC, Bortles, Manziel, coming on the show today, Bridgewater, Winston, Mariota, Goff, Wentz, Lynch, so, like, not a lot of good players in there. And that's why, like, when people drag Carson, I'm like, look at all those names. Look at all those names. It is really hard to find the future of a franchise in the first in the first round of quarterback.
2: It is a crapshoot. Um Okay, years since then, I, I don't know if I'm playing devil's advocate yeah. or not, but Watson, who might be on the move, mm-hmm. Mahomes, Mayfield, mm-hmm. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray, the great Dan Dimes. Mm -hmm. Last year you get Burrow and Herbert. Point being, that's probably a hit rate of 50, 60? It's 50 or 60,
1: which is not as bad as that time period. But even in that time period, and like going from 16 to 20, how many of those guys were the consensus guy? Right,
2: to your point on that front, Yeah, starts by quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, it's either number one overall pick, or, or it's, random or Brady
1: six round which is very interesting and and like if you're talking about what the Eagles are going to do next I think you got to consider that list for sure uh because you don't want to end up just consistently just taking a stab at quarterbacks even as um the league changes you see the Kyler Murray Josh Rosen situations but you know, you're talking about that list is probably enough to scare you off from drafting at six this year. Uh, that and the fact that Jalen Hurts is cheap, and your team is bad, and your 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 cap situation is messed up. How do you cheat death in the NFL by having talented quarterbacks um, on their rookie deals? But is he transcendent enough to pull them out of this hole? And if you're thinking, what are the Eagles going to do? Throw out how you feel about Jalen Hurts. Throw out how I feel about Jalen Hurts. You know, I think he showed us some really good things last year. But let's say the Eagles don't feel that way and they're not as sold. Just because they push Carson Wentz out doesn't mean that they're in love with Jalen Hurts. Think like Howie Roseman. If you're Howie Roseman, what's going to save your standing in the city and your standing in the building? Now, he seems like, you know, Jeff and him are pretty tight, so he's probably not going anywhere, but he doesn't want to be a laughing stock. He's got to hit a home run. He's not gonna get there by hitting singles and doubles. That's gonna take a while. And my point is, if you sit this year's market out, when you're sitting at six, you don't know when you're gonna be sitting at six again. The kid Jalen Hurts is good enough to get you to eight and eight, even on a bad team. Um, I just don't know how how good he is north of that marker. And so if you're sitting there in a, in a year because you've, you, you, you uh, passed up this opportunity at grabbing a top 10 guy, and I'm not talking about Zach Wilson, I'm not talking about, I don't have a favorite out of the three that might be there at six. I'm just saying if you're in love with Trey Lance and you, you're convinced of it, why the fuck not, dude? You're Howie Roseman, hitting a home run now can save you. And if you look at his history, he likes to make the splash. He coined the phrase quarterback factory. If he doesn't draft a quarterback this year, he's not sticking to his guns. You, you drafted a quarterback in the second after Carson Wentz, after you broke him off, why would you not take that same approach now? You got nothing to lose. And go by, right back to the well at North Dakota State. Go right back to the North, what are the odds that you end up having to trade to Bison?
2: Bison, good, yeah. good on you. Yeah, exactly. Well done. Well, that's the whole deal. You're 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 trying to hit on a quarterback on a rookie deal. That's the whole name of the game in the NFL. Double your chances, bro.
1: Double your chances. Double your chances, and trade the loser of the competition. I hate to sound, you know, uh, a little bit matter of fact about it. But literally, I, as much as I've seen what I like about Jalen Hurts, I'm not the Eagles, and I also don't have a history of just doing wild shit on draft day. And I think it's a distinct possibility that they draft a guy that they might secretly love right now and let those guys figure it out, and you can get draft capital for either of them.
2: Well, and you just said it. We're looking at the Arizona Cardinals perhaps being in the playoffs for many years to come. Steve Kime changed the game, dude. Cliff, Steve Kime. Uh, Rosen,
1: Murray. You know, and, and I'm not likening Rosen to Hurts. Hurts is way north of Rosen. Hurts can win you football games right now. You know where Hurts can win you football games right now? On a good football team, with coaches that can develop him. Not a first year head coach. No offense to Nick Sirianni, but like, don't blame me for being like, I'm not so sure you can develop a quarterback. I don't know that yet. You know, like, Jalen Hurts in New Orleans is way different than Jalen Hurts in Philly.
2: There's just so much scar tissue, both with- That I wish you saw. North Dakota State yeah. quarterback, and also wide out. When you might be looking at Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Good luck. But last year with Rager, oh no, we fucked that up.
1: Yeah, so so all these people that are like, they need all these things, I'm like, how good have they been at at landing all these things? And if you look at it from a probability standpoint, you just put it at 50% in the last four years or whatever. Take that seven-year period out of the, win- uh, 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 kick that out the door and deal with the last four years. Take a 50-50 shot on a transcendent quarterback. If I'm Howie Roseman, I'm sorry, but like if I really like one, there's nothing that's gonna stop me from doing this again. And actually, if he's right in the 50% event that he is, he's a fucking, everybody's gonna be back on his balls, dude. Everybody's gonna be sweating his balls. It's gonna be sweaty. In Philly,
2: Philly, Indy, Super Bowl, ooh, ooh, <laughs> 20, juicy. 2024.
1: All right, so Johnny Football, dude. Any big questions you're gonna ask him? Ooh boy, yeah, actually, yeah. Stand by for those questions.
2: <laughs> Let's see the first possession for Johnny Manziel and the Zappers here in the FCF. Manziel to throw. Stepping up now,
0: he'll take it himself for oh, the 15, wow. the 20, Manziel to the 25, oh, still moving 15, go, run, rolling, 10, on, five, and wow. it down, just shy of the end zone. Wow. Johnny
2: Football back in business.
1: All right, so Johnny Manziel joins us, and um, I thought I was done talking football for a couple months, but we got a new league,
0: man. How does it feel, dude, to be out there on the field? It, um, it feels... Different than it did in the past, for sure. I don't have the same fire. I don't have the same passion as I used to. Uh, somewhere along the way in my football life, I feel like I lost it a little bit, and it wasn't what uh, what really made me happy anymore. This is just kind of the be in the backyard with the boys throwing the football around, and you let one go out of your hand, and you're kind of like, you see that? I, I still got it a little bit. Uncle Rico. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's it really is Uncle Rico. I mean, I've played in so <laughs> many leagues by now, I feel like I'm just going to, have a little website where people sign up and make me their intramural <laughs> quarterback if they want me to for a little while.
1: Like crowdsourcing franchise quarterbacks. I love it, it though, you man. Guys, because You, you still you look,
0: guys, need a, you guys need an intramural quarterback. I got you. Just but you
1: got, you got the same, you look the same, like you look the same out on the field, like the motion, you know, the whole nine yards. And I wonder as you're playing, cause you're still a hell of an athlete. Like does the rush match I mean I know it's not the same and like you don't feel as committed or beholden to wake up and grind and that's why you're doing what you're doing and not doing the last thing but like do you still get the rush in the moment
0: yeah you still get the natural instinct like uh took a snap in the first game the other day and just the immediate reaction just to take off and run it's like uh something I'll probably never lose some of the natural instincts that through the coaches and through the practice and all the years that you put into football you you rep so many things over and over again. It would be like if I put you down on the D-line and gave you a snap count, I feel like you would still be able to get off uh, mm-hmm. a, a little bit.
1: Well, it's so, especially because uh, you, don't, you don't get any, there's no pass rush in this league, right?
0: Yeah, no, not not very much at all. It's kind of just a drop back and sling it around kind of league. And, uh, you know, Bob Minery was the guy who actually got me into this. You know, I, I lost a, a little bet to him to even consider playing in this. You know, I, I haven't had a uh, much of a desire to go back and play football after a while. I've kind of let it fall by the wayside and just kind of let the past be what it is. But, uh, you know, Bob got me, uh, kind of got me into this. And then, you know, after I've been here a couple of weeks, I've kind of had a little bit of fun with it to still get a little bit of a, a splash from the past, I guess.
1: So wait, you lost a fucking bet. I didn't get this in my research. My <laughs> production team is like, huh? So you lost a bet is the reason you're in this fucking league,
0: dude. You know, uh, me and me and Bob will play anything from high card to uh, poker to anything. And uh, he was bringing this up to me for probably about a month. And I was just like, Bob, no, like I'm in Scottsdale. I got 45 tee times between now and the day that this league comes up. I'm, I'm going to be a little busy playing golf. And I uh, ended up losing losing a bet to him and just considering it. And then I asked a lot of people that were around me, you know, is this something that I should go do? Should I just go try and have fun with it for a couple of weeks and see what it is? Now, I've taken this uh, a way less serious approach and and one to just have fun with and kind of be able to throw the ball around and and have a little bit of a good time. So,
1: Which which part of your golf game is going to suffer the most when you get back?
0: I don't think anything. I think my back (laughs) could probably use a little bit of the break I've been playing so much, so. Um, you know, it'll, it'll be good to take a little time off and see what it feels like to get a club in my hand the second that I'm out of here. So give me your
1: elevator pitch for what, what the hell the rules are in this league, besides fans, yeah, the, the, fans the, pick the, the, the players.
0: The, I mean, fans pick all the plays. So, you know, in between plays, we have about probably 20 to 30 second little break. Fans go on, they're able to level up essentially like you would through Madden. Um, the more plays you call, the more time you spend on it, the more levels you get to, um, and, and your play means more, I guess, or your play that you pick will actually get through. So, uh, you know, I'm still kind of learning on the fly as we go. There are some different rules. You know, we had a, we had a fourth down onside kick, but there's no kicking in the league. So I'm still, <laughs> uh, I'm still learning a little bit as we, as we go, you know, I'm just uh, kind of saying set hot, dropping back. And if somebody's open, throw it, if not take off running and still, uh, still see if you can't make something shake.
1: Give me one play you want fans to call. Are you allowed to do that? Like, give me a play. Yeah, that you've I mean, been I mean, just, just, to run.
0: just yeah, four verticals every time. It works every time. It's the oldest, oldest play in the book. You run everybody deep. If you want to stop, stop.
1: <laughs> it makes sense. I figured you might go there because I'm looking at the stats. I'm saying, can we say let Johnny Cook? Can we get a let Johnny Cook thing going? Because five is not enough attempts for me. When I've been waiting a couple years to see you play football.
0: Yeah, no, I think I'm, uh, I, I think I did exactly, I think the five passes is kind of what I want to do more at <laughs> the point of my life right now. I want to drop back and throw it two or three times a game and then kind of like take my pads off midway through like the second second half and kind of sit back. And, you know, the cool thing about this league Jimmy is I'm G still playing. seeing a lot of guys who want to, they want to grind, man. There's there's a lot of guys out there who don't make it to the NFL that still go out and grind to uh, to keep playing football. So I've been more of a, I'm kind of the Jackie Moon of this league, player, mm. owner, coach. I like that. So, uh, like that. you know, I'm playing a little bit. I got a little bit of ownership in the team and also have, uh, you know, also have a little coaching or, uh, that I'm doing on the side a little bit. So I'm taking the Jackie Moon approach.
1: So basically like Russell Wilson should come play in the league with you. Cause if he wants yeah, to be man. an owner, who,
0: who, whoever, I know we had, we had Marshawn Lynch put some pads on the other day and go, go run around. I think he's going to maybe make his debut this week.
1: How about that? Like out of a dream, the time that you've been away from football and I've been away from football, like sometimes I, I say like, if I woke up tomorrow and went back, would my mind be adjusted to that kind of chaos? Marshawn Lynch just hung around and then went and joined the Seahawks week 17 a year ago and was like hitting people. Five days off the couch, bro. Three practices. Go hit people.
0: Well, some people thrive in the chaos, as we know. You know <laughs> we see guys that don't miss a beat, and this is how they're really <laughs> wired. Marshawn is one of those guys that in his offseason would like go back to spring college football when they're doing pad days and let the like college guys just light him up or attempt to. Like some people are just wired a little different in the football stuff. So, you know, I, I take, it takes me a little time to transition and get back in because I don't like to be that crazy all the time. But uh, some people are wired to the chaos.
1: They sure are, and he was, man. What an absolute dog. Love Marshawn. Um, how about you called yourself washed earlier, which I feel like when you call yourself washed, you're in a good place. Like, I've called myself washed, and when I do, I feel the most self-aware. I feel the most at peace with whatever happened before this, this juncture in time. Um, give me a, another washed old teammate of yours that you wish would join you in the league somebody you played with
0: man that that's a that's a really good question this league is fitted for some of my boys in this that I played with in the CFL there's a couple guys who aren't really playing any football anymore they kind of dabbled out of the CFL and and just went on about their lives And I've been hitting them like hey this thing is uh fast paced you get a little shake in your route you'll get open so I don't think I have anybody you know I know I I have become self-aware enough to know that I don't have it like I used to and I'm definitely okay with being able to say that these days. I don't have, uh, I lost a little bit of the speed over the years, the quickness.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've lost a lot of speed and quickness. You're what, 28? <laughs> Motherfucker, wait, wait till you, I'm staring down 36 in a month. Like this I is halftime, I feel
0: 36 right now, I feel 36 <laughs> right now. What do you
1: do, I feel like this is halftime for your boy here and that's pretty, we gotta have a good, a, a good meeting in the locker room and come out on the back nine and be better. But, like, yeah, dude, 35, 36, I lost a lot of speed by the end of my career. But you don't look slow. How about um, the Zappers, man? The the Zappers, that's the name of your team? Bob Mennery picked is. the name of this team? Yeah. You know, what, what does it mean I, I, to be I'm, zapped, first off, Johnny?
0: That, that's a great question, man. It's exa- kind of what I posted in my Instagram. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily know. Me and Bob Mennery are running around Old Town, you know, this, this, last, this last year in Scottsdale. And, mm-hmm. and all he says is we're getting zapped. So I don't know if getting zapped is going to the bar and, and taking 100 fireball <laughs> shots or if getting zapped is just a mental state of zen in some way or what it is. Um, but as we both know, Bob Murray a little bit off his rocker. So, you know, the fact that they gave this guy somewhat a free reign to put quotes and other things up that people voted on to actually be the team. What the hell is a zapper? You're you're asking me. I'm in the league and I don't know.
1: Dude, I've been wondering that. Like, I felt like a kid who wasn't cool, and like everybody was in on the inside joke. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You were a... a
0: little bit out on the. You were a little bit off the lingo of, yeah, the, of the young dude. kids nowadays, I guess. But, yeah, uh, I think honest, it's a state
1: of mind. I think it's a mantra that he follows, which includes fireball shots. Evidently, that's his shit. That's Mentos. I, I guess. Fireballs? I mean, I think, the, I,
0: think, the, I, think the guy, I think the guy will drink a little bit of anything, but. Yeah,
1: I can, no, see, I can um, see that. Um, give me a Bob Mennery play that was just tailor-made for him to call in your career. Like if you could go back and have him post one play in Johnny Man. Probably on one
0: where I'm play. like getting slung around and like my head knocked off. You know, <laughs> I, I got I got face masks one time in Pittsburgh and like my nose was sticking out of my ear hole and my helmet was on sideways. Now that seems like a play Bob Mennery would put up and comment on or do something on his Instagram with.
1: Yeah, he'd probably use look at him, he's fucking zapped, is what he'd say with, <laughs> with nose stick about the side he, of
0: he'd he, he, he probably open with that.
1: What's like for a dude like me who who played in the NFL uh, you know, my entire career, I never got to see what Canada was like. I never got to like do some of this semi pro stuff at Memphis Express. Uh, you're now with the zappers. What's the most eye-opening story that illustrates to you that You know, it's not the same guys are living more check to check like dudes are like in the league. I don't think a lot of people understand that a lot of guys were living at the Homewood Suites or the Holiday Inn because it's not all glamorous. But at those lower leagues, like dudes are really grinding.
0: Yeah, it gets it just gets less and less glamorous. But you see guys out here uh, from all across the country, different countries, even in Canada, they're still trying to keep the dream alive, right? Right. Um, football is such a, especially when you get to the higher levels and you get to the NFL and you get to where it's a business in your life, it's all about timing. It's all about one coach believing in you or one coach giving you an opportunity to go to camp and then balling. So, uh, some of these guys here aren't any different than guys I got, you know, uh, my first rookie training camp with in Cleveland that were undrafted free agents that made the team. They just got a chance. They just got an opportunity for somebody to believe in them and went and made the most of it. So the thing that I've seen you know, over the years is, uh, you know, the amount of will and determination of, of guys who haven't got the same opportunities, but are still grinding it the same way that you would as a first round, second round, third round pick in the NFL. And to me, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make sense all the time. You know, I got lucky to be in a situation where I got to make good money playing football and then, um, you know, went around and, and continued to try and play and see if it was what I really wanted to do. You know, there are guys out here that are grinding and trying to make it just to put food on their table for their families. And it's a lot harder to do at a different level than a, you know, say a hundred or $200,000 paycheck on a pay- practice squad, or even a, you know, a, a rookie minimum type of salary that you get in the NFL. But, you know, as you go down the rungs, you know, it gets less and less glamorous, but you see people work equally as hard um, as they do with the, at the top stage. It's, it's uh it's it's a crazy game of football that people get hooked on will do literally anything to continue keeping the dream playing.
1: You're on to something because I think what we miss a lot when we walk away is just it's like a it's like a drug. It's like a rush. You know, it's you cannot get this well, you could probably get it somewhere else, but most places you can't get this rush. I mean nope. and I think that's what we all chase in some capacity. So like for you out of football, now back in it. I saw you bet on the uh, coin toss for the Super Bowl. Uh, I know you've been doing bets. I kind of replaced, I'm guilty to admit this, I kind of replaced a little bit of the rush of playing the competitive spirit and like the fear of losing with gambling a little bit. I'm safe, I'm good, like I'm good. You know, studio's nice, the bills are paid, kids are fed, but I fucking love to gamble.
0: Do you feel the it, same it, way? It, it, is a, it, it is a rush. It is a rush to watch a game and going back and forth, and you're on, the, you're on the dot of covering or not. Like watching some of these college basketball games and watching these guys shoot free throws at the end of a game that's altering a point or two in the spread here and there drives me insane, absolutely insane, to the point where I'm in a hotel room streaming <laughs> at the hotel TV them to cover and I, I think in 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 my life since i've stopped playing football and i've been at peace with not playing football anymore i've got to the point where i'm looking for thrills in my life i find myself like going out to the lake in the summer and like jumping off a cliff and doing a gainer or backflip or like or like uh you know i get on one of my boys roofs the other day and just send it off the top rope into the pool See, do that's a flip. The, like, i
1: actually have a fucking question written down here are you an x games dude I feel I'm, like you're I'm an not. X Games dude. I feel I'm like there's not, an X Games dude inside you.
0: There's, there's something about whenever I would play football, and Cliff Kingsbury used to do it almost every game when we were together at Texas A&M. He would call a run play one of the first three plays of the game. And I would just find some guy and just run at him as hard as possible and just want to fucking bang. Mm-hmm. I just had to do it to get my mental state in a place where I could calm down and let everything kind of, the nerves and everything else just kind of ease away. Yeah. So for me, the thrill has always been a, a huge part of a part of football, part of my life. And when that got taken away, I was looking and actively searching for something else to kind of get my juices flowing a little bit.
1: How high can you do a gainer?
0: You know, uh, I don't know if there's necessarily like if it, if I look down and it looks safe enough. I guess high, that high.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's an X Games, dude. I feel like not just the rush you got to be careful with, but also the fact that we think. We know what the fuck's going on because we played, and like you talk to dudes who used to gamble for a couple reasons. Number one, we're blinded by our confirmation biases, you know. Uh, and number two, you know this. Saturday, one of your teammates has a has an issue uh, where he's under the weather. One of your teammates is dealing with a you know a a, a divorce or separated from his spouse. One of your teammates is. Uh, having a mental breakdown like there's 53 dudes in a locker room and there's so many uh, different directions the morale and the chemistry of the team could be going into Sunday and we don't know that on the outside even former players like I can't call a buddy and be like hey what's going on this week I wouldn't try but they're not going to tell you it's impossible
0: and uh, I mean that's a that's the big thing about about what life is and what people don't see necessarily in the sports world you know for uh, people always say no you're compensated well you shouldn't have certain problems but life is life man yeah every single guy still lives a life outside of the jersey that they put on on a weekend or uh, in practice or you know what they do is their job you know the thing about sports is it's just out there to the public and in the media and people think they know you or this or that and, and in all honesty you don't you don't know what people are going through in a locker room or in their regular life and try to make that all come together and uh and make it work to be the best athlete you can. You know, the cool thing that I see this year is look at what Kyrie's doing. Kyrie's made a little bit of, of a splash this year and kind of sitting out some games and missing some time, but he's trying to get his health right. He's trying to get his mental health right. He's trying to get his life right that uh that comes before any jersey that we put on or any ball that you dribble or any or any football that you throw or person that you tackle. There's there's so much more to life than 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 just the game that a lot of people don't see and you know, you, you never really know what somebody's going through or what's going on, and how that Im- impacts you know everybody around you.
1: Burning sage, I, I, I kind of look. It looks cool. I kind of want some sage, <laughs> dude.
0: <laughs> That's my. Victory. He's in his. He's in his own. He's in his own world. He's been doing this long enough where he's kind of like, I'm over this. I'm gonna do what I want yeah, yeah. to keep myself right because it is a grind. It is a mental grind.
1: Have you ever trolled people that like? People are so obsessed with my life. That like you've behaved a certain way to throw them off or just piss them off despite them.
0: Yeah, I think I think for a long time I was a troll. You know, I think for uh, you know as I was coming up through the through my first couple of years in the NFL, I felt like I was an actor too. I felt like I had to be a certain type of way to be a quarterback in the NFL, and um, I wasn't really able to accept myself for who I was. And uh, I remember having interviews or saying things, and things would come out of my mouth, and I would think about it at a later date and just be like. what what are you doing? Are you just acting to kind of like do this or or, or make this seem like it's the right way? And the coolest thing about now is I just get a chance to be myself. And and if I want to troll people, I troll people. If I want to do something, I just kind of do it. And, you know, I don't have anybody to kind of, to, uh, to answer to in that regard. You know, I can finally just be myself and be open with it. And that's, that's, uh, it's a free feeling for sure.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's gotta feel free. I mean, because it I, is know, I, know, I know pressure. You know more pressure than me, okay? You know, being a quarterback and being a, a first-round pick, but I remember the almost, like, my adrenaline is, is tapped from just every hour of every day feeling the weight of what I'm being asked to do as a high pick in the NFL. And it can make you act funny. Like, it can really make you act out of character.
0: A big thing for me, too, is I feel the most normal that I have in years, and, and it's such a great feeling. Whenever I was a kid, before I uh, ever had any notoriety or anything, you know, I, uh, I wanted to be famous. I wanted people to know who you were. I wanted to have a celebrity-type status. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be famous. And now, since 2012, I only want to feel normalcy. I only want to not walk through a grocery store and feel something over my shoulder. Like somebody's looking at me or, or just get a weird, awkward feeling. And, and for now I feel the most normal I have in years. And it's, and it's great. You know, I still, my life and, and what it's been, I'm still going to have people come up to me or take a picture or sign an autograph or or do just certain things. That's life. And I've kind of accepted that it's always going to be that way. But for me and where my life is right now, I'm uh You know, I'm just another one of the guys. You know, I'm just I'm just a dude out here trying to live life as anybody else.
1: Does it make you uncomfortable when people kind of come up and they're worshipy about like, you know, your highlights in the past? And
0: I think it's uh, I think it's a compliment. I think it's uh, you know, we all make a mark in in the (laughs) sports world. Um, Some people think it's really big, but in the grand scheme of things, it's actually really, really small, you know, in the bigger picture of what life is and everything else. Even the great ones, even Hall of you know, Famers, even, like even even Hall of Famers, your splash on yeah. what your mark is in the world and history and what it is, is very, very small to what people tell you it is and to what you can even get yourself to believe. You know, there's even a point in time where I thought I was the coolest thing out, the best thing since sliced bread and, and was, you know, just too cool for school. And, and And the thing that I've learned now is the mark that you make is actually so, so minuscule and so small. Um and cared, compared to the big things in life. So you know, I take it as a sign of respect that my play and, and the times that I did play had a, an impact on kids growing up, kids watching, and uh and maybe shifted the culture this much, maybe changed yeah. this much. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, I was just a guy who, ha- who was blessed immensely with a gift to go out and play. Um, and, and that shouldn't make me better or or worse than anybody else that's out there. I'm just a guy.
1: I think I think when you're in it, you gotta try to win the race every day, like obsessively. And then when you're out of it, you gotta throw the race away. Yep. Because I agree. You're, you're never gonna win that race.
0: You just keep running it forever.
1: You're never gonna win it. You can never go backwards. And you can never you know, there's thousands of players that played our game at such a high level, and we mentioned it like Hall of Famers. I asked a dude in the Philadelphia Eagles uh, D-line room when I was there in 2018. I was arguing with young guys about you don't know shit about football. I asked them if they remembered who Clyde Simmons was. 120 sack guy, borderline hall of famer, played with Reggie White, uh, Jerome Brown, that whole group. Part of football royalty, like when you consider his achievements (laughs) in light of yours or mine, or like anybody in that D-line room. Not a guy, well two guys knew who he was out of 12. So that just goes to show you that in the very building that this guy made history, in two decades, not all these guys are gonna remember what you did. So I think it's just an illustration of like, when it's time to move on, just move the fuck on and be happy, because that's the most important thing. And I've, I've heard you talk about happiness. And also, if you're happiness. not happy, and if you're not in a good spot, you can't help people that went through things that you went through.
0: I agree. I, I, I look at life in a lot more simple mindset these days. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm trying to chase happiness. You know, I, I'm trying to find ways um, to do things in my life that that make me happy. Because for a long time, I felt like I was doing something that didn't make me happy anymore. And when I had everything that I thought I wanted in life, first round pick, I got money, I got this, I have fame, I have a, a opportunity to, to, to uh, play in the NFL, I, I'm not very happy you know, for, for whatever reason it was, I found the least amount of happiness when I had the most. And over the course of the last couple of years, I've simplified my life to a point where, um, you know, I'm just trying to do things that put more smiles on my face a day than than the days I had where, you know, I was reminiscing on the past or didn't want to get out of bed or felt depressed or whatever, or whatever it was. That was just a, a time in my life where I was wasting time thinking about things I couldn't change that were out of my control. And how many times have we heard the, uh, Heard the saying, "Control what you can control, and let and let the rest fall away." So, that's the uh, best. You know, saying, that, like now the, I am.
1: Yeah, that's just like that's a lot of cliches that people hang on uh, gym walls and and like College Station or in Baton Rouge, you know, like the sayings, the five Fs and bullshit like that. I am so anti that stuff. But if you just put a sign up on the wall that said "Control what you can control," I'm hiring that strength coach. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that's such a truism. And one thing I was curious about with you, because you have on the field, that word control, you've had control of a football like very few people I've ever seen, you know, watching college ball. And then you've also, in your personal life, probably been out of control before. So what's the most in control Johnny Manziel's ever felt? And what's the most out of control you've ever felt?
0: I think the most out of control I ever felt was my first was my two years in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I, I truly felt like it was something that I really, really, really wanted to do. And when I got there, I, I still haven't put my finger on exactly what it is yet. But for whatever reason, how many times do I have to get up in the morning and, and kind of uh, grunt to get out of bed or like walk into a workout in the offseason and just not have it? continuously just not have it to want to have a desire to go out and do this anymore Till I finally look back and call it what it is, you know, that I don't love it anymore. You know, for, it's something along the way changed how I felt about the game and and I don't love it anymore. So, you know, that, that part of time of where you've done something your whole life and you're really known as this, um, but you don't have it anymore is, is a, is a loss kind of in nowhere type of feeling. And, And now I feel like I've got to a point where, I'm the most in control. Yeah. You know, I I have the freedom and the ability to do just about anything I want to do in life. I'm 28 years old. I have my whole life ahead of me. And I'm trying to let life come and vibe and figure out what exactly that looks like for what I want to do moving forward. But the one thing I can say is I'm in control of how I feel. I'm in control of how I treat people. And I'm in control right now of where my life goes moving forward. Uh, What that looks like, I don't know. But I'm in control of how I treat people around me and how I go through about my day right now. And that's a, that's a good place to be in compared to what I was in the past.
1: And so you being like really seemingly happy, in control, um, you know, you turn on the TV, you see somebody like Shannon Sharp, who I like Shannon. And uh, he's certainly an amazing player. His His words struck me as off base because what I read there, because there's been so many players who you had high hopes for in the NFL that squandered an opportunity. Like, I've played with them, you know, for a whole host of reasons. Yours were, you had to get your life together too, and maybe you weren't in love with the game anymore. But to see somebody almost a decade later kind of seeming that upset by it, how does that make you feel?
0: You know, uh, I have a ton of respect for Shannon. You know, I think the guy was, you know, an absolutely amazing, amazing football player and, and people's opinions in the media and these guys who go on these shows and talk about athletes all day and do this stuff. You know, I've, a, I've been a, a big change in my, in my stuff has been, you know, I really care about the opinions of people I, I respect, yeah. you know, my family, my people who are close to me or in my circle, their opinion means the world to me. Right. If you're outside of that circle. Um, you know, what you say just kind of to me goes in one ear and out the other. And, you know, looking back on what he said, you know, when I saw it, you know, your initial reaction as is, is a, is a person is to get upset and be defensive about it. When I really went back and looked at what he said, you know, I don't think he said anything that was, that was untrue. I think there's a way you speak in a tone and a demeanor that makes things seem worse than they actually are. Right. Because in the way that he said it, he said it with some some with some malice. He said it with some intent of negativity. And the 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 thing that I kind of say is exactly what he said. You know, I don't want my kids to be 30 years old looking at me like you made me do something that I didn't want to do. And because of a day in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I was destined to be a great football player and have a long career and this is what I was meant to do and at some point along the way I didn't love that grind anymore yes I had an immense talent immense skill set that was uh that was very special right but if you don't have hard work that goes with the talent that you have to continue to try and get better you're not getting any better and you're not going anywhere with that and if you don't have the love of the game that you see in really good players in the NFL you're not going to make it no matter who you are. It is a, it is a league that replaces you very quick and moves on. And, um, you know, the question that I ask the people today is, am am I still a, a decent football player in the past? If I don't walk out of the NFL with a gold jacket, right? Am I still worthy of, of having had a good college career? If I didn't play 10 plus years in the NFL and, and do everything that you're supposed to do, um, what if I told you I'm happier now going around playing in this league than I ever was walking a day into the, into the facility of the Cleveland Browns. Is that cool? You know, is that cool for me to go? What my, what I want my life to be and do what I want to be rather than somebody else. So, you know, I've got to a point where I just ignore talking heads. You know, I'm i I'm distancing myself from a sports world a little bit. I'm still a a really big fan. Uh, I still enjoy watching the game and the X's and O's that we know being in a building and doing football stuff at a high level for a long time, I still enjoy it when Aaron Rodgers gets under center and looks at the safety knowing he's about to burn him because he's in the wrong spot. I still enjoy the game that way. I just don't enjoy the entire thing of what goes into it to uh to continue to play it at a high level. And you know, I'm okay with that. And I think everybody else should be as well. You know, this is my life and it's I've never life. uh I've never shied away from from living that. You know, I've never I live my life a little bit differently than most. And everybody lives their life a little bit of a different way. And you know, this is just me. And when I finally got to a point where I accepted me for me, my life started changing a little bit.
1: And there's, I think anybody can take a lesson from that. I mean, it's just, I think we're all our our own worst enemies at times. And you know, when you join the crowd and it becomes unacceptable for you to be anything but that kid in Tuscaloosa, Like, sure, somebody who's a stranger might be immensely disappointed if you're not that kid for the next 10, 15 years. But why do you have to think that way? And so, yeah, I think think one of the biggest skills that I actually, when I was going to have you on, I said to the guys, I go, he hasn't said a word about Shannon Sharp. I would be just the way you described, you know, and maybe because I haven't had to deal with the criticism you've had to deal with you know, that I've had to learn a way to cope with an immense amount of criticism. Because to me, that's a huge platform show. To me, it it sounded like first day of the off-season bullshit. Like, we didn't have a story, me and Skip are doing the actor thing. But that's the thing, is like a Shannon, I don't don't think of him as some disingenuous actor, so I was surprised, and I also don't think of him as a hater, I'm like, this kid is literally just happy right now, let him be happy. You know, that was my point, is like, and it was, on print it would be one thing, but when I saw it, he looked like you know, the neck was out. Like you, you're creeping to the front of your chair. It make it it triggered something in Shannon that I was like, why is he so mad at Johnny? I love Shannon, but it just it's out of character. So,
0: I mean, you got a really yeah, I mean, classy way is. of answering yeah, that well, question. Well, like too. like I said, it's it's all about how he delivered it and how he said it. But yeah, um, for all the people who say you know uh you, you were a bust or or you were this or that or or have a negative you know view of what my career was right. Uh, first of all, nobody ruined that opportunity other than me. Right. <laughs> no matter how bad you wanted it or whatever, um, I'm the only person that does that. No longer has that opportunity in front of them because of decisions that I made in the past. Right. So let's start there. Um, and, and secondly, you know, it's 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 again, it's it's my life to live and my life to make the decisions. And as a kid, you know, I had a had a really you know things are just going like this up 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 and yeah. then one day it flattened out and i ran into problems in life and if you don't know that uh you know that that life is going to come and slap the shit out of you one day and make it really really hard for you to get up or or get through what you're doing in a normal day and you're used to pretty smooth sailing and then a storm finally hits you, you don't know any better so you know when i finally got to the big stage i got hit with a uh with a large amount of life as well and, and, and what it was. And I didn't handle it very well. And I, I ran and I hid and, and I tried to get out of the spotlight as best as possible at times and then got to a point where I just didn't care anymore. You know, I was just over it. So nobody has sat here more over the last four, five, six years and beat the shit out of themselves more, more than, than me. No, nobody has. And, and I finally got to a point where I forgive myself for the decisions I made. And, uh, and and chalk it up to what it is, because I can't get a time machine, I can't go back and change things, and the thing I've started looking at now is, what if it was meant to be? You know, What if I spent 25 years of my life playing football and the next 40 or 50 are meant to be doing something else yeah. that I may enjoy even more? So that begs the question then, um,
1: who is 50-year-old Johnny Manziel? Because you're so young, a- dude, you know, like, you're so young. There's so many great things that can happen, and you're on the right track. Like, what's fifty year old you look like?
0: Fifty year old me is hopefully sitting with a you know in a golf cart pulling out of my garage, going to the to the uh, to the golf course to play with my boys every day, and maybe play some cards afterwards. You know, watch some football, gamble a little bit on some stuff here and there, but you know, just be a guy's guy, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's all. That's all I want to be.
1: You sound happy too. <laughs>
0: Man, I have, I have happy fifty. A,
1: year old. I, have a, I swear to you, your thirties are better than your twenties too. I, I tell I'm, people I'm creeping this. up
0: on it. I'm creeping up on I'm it. I'm just
1: telling you, bro. The thirties, it's the best decade yet. I mean, maybe being a kid was a little bit better, but you know, like life at this pace is okay. You know.
0: Yeah. Hey. Hey. Time doesn't stop because you want it to. <laughs> exactly. it, it just keeps it keeps on rolling. It's, so a, flat circle, go by. it's the, a flat the, the circle, It's a flat circle. The days are going to go by. The years are going to go mm-hmm. by adapt with it roll with it and enjoy enjoy being a little washed up
1: i know exactly what about as you're sitting on the couch and i'm sitting on my couch and i'm watching old teammates how did it make you feel to see mike evans get the success uh, he
0: deserved uh, uh, people people don't understand mike's story a little bit mike uh, mike is a very very quiet dude he doesn't put himself out there very much he's just good with his family and and the life amazing life that he's built for himself but now that guy's story and what he's been through and overcome in the past to go out there and see that on Super Bowl night, it it doesn't get any better. Yeah. You know, there, there's certain guys that you bond with and grind with over the years that just have a different special impact on you. And, and Mike's one of those guys. He comes out the second after the Super Bowl and he's like, "Hey, I know you guys gave me ninety million dollars, but take as much of it as you want back to keep this team together and try and keep this thing rolling." That's how you can tell a guy like that's having fun. He's in the right situation and he's uh. And he's happy, so for my friends, all I want for them is to be happy and be successful and right now, my boys are my boys are winning and and what's
1: it like in on the bittersweet end, like watching Cleveland, man, because they're turning it around, you knew when you got there, you probably were like, man, this is an immense amount of pressure, but if I'm like the one in one hundred quarterbacks who can turn this thing around, it's going to be pandemonium, watching the browns what is what does that make you feel like honestly
0: um you know, I'm happy I, I know so many of the guys very well on the team. You know, played against Jarvis, Odell, got to know them at their time at LSU and and after that, Baker, a Texas high school football guy. There's a couple guys on the team that I, I really, really know well. But there's uh it's probably one aspect in my life that I'm still trying to uh deal with some of the demons on, I guess. Yeah. And that's probably Cleveland. You know, I, I uh I, I'm I'm happy for my boys. But as far as an organizational standpoint, I probably still have a little bitterness with the Cleveland Browns and I'll probably have that for a little while. Um, But man, if if you're a Cleveland Browns fan looking back at how this season has went, how the last, you know, while has gone, especially since my time there um, it's all looking like fate. It's all looking like it's meant to be, you know, they're getting a team together that can go out and compete and make it to the playoffs and, and, and keep building on. So you know, would you take some of those bad years to be in the position that they're in now to move forward and hopefully succeed? You know, I would say it's all meant to be, and things have worked out, um, and that's kind of the where things are going. So, you know, good for Baker finally getting the monkey off his back, getting to the playoffs, and lead yeah. that team. You know, uh, it'll uh, it'll be nice to see. You know, Odell being there this year. We know, being football guys, that guy's a freak. Yeah. That guy is a weapon you want to have on the field. Um, so still, even with them missing some of their pieces to make a run at the Chiefs the way they did, you know they should be, be you know feel very happy with where they're at. You know I still chirp and troll a lot of the Browns and people in Cleveland and things like that. It's just in my nature a little bit, yeah, man. So I don't think I'm necessarily a hater. It's just like you're a troll. <laughs> I'm just a troll. <laughs>
1: you're a troll. You're- so you were in Cleveland, then you know you, you go to Can- you go to Canada and then you end up in the AAF, right? It's the AAF. But along a, the way, at some point, you said there was some sort of probing as to whether you wanted to come back from NFL executives, right? Yeah. Who were they?
0: Um, you know, I, I talked with Sean Payton quite a bit. You know, I uh, I I really felt like I had a good connection with with Sean Payton. Um, some of the Saints, I thought that was a place I was going to end up right. before I uh, before I went to Canada. You know, I I talked with. New England, quite a bit as well. And then uh, another guy that reached out and showed interest over the time was John Elway in Denver. And, uh, sense. Yeah. you know, I, I remember after I, after I got, you know, cut in Cleveland, you know, that entire offseason, that entire year, whether teams were calling or no matter what it was, and, and even moving forward past that, you know, I never got the desire again to really go back and like try and put myself in it and put myself in a position to be in it. And when I went back to Canada, after getting back in the mix of football and the practice and everything, I remember being there the first day, and I'm like, I don't love this anymore. And I knew it right away. I'm I don't ever feel like this until I get back into a football building doing the football stuff again. I feel exactly the way that I did in my first year in Cleveland. Now again in Canada. Now again in the AAF, and even now again when I show up here to you know to do uh, to this league to the FCF, I, I just something about the grind and what football is, I don't love to my core anymore. Right. So when it happened again and I felt the exact same way and I never felt like that, I never feel like that in my normal life when I feel absolutely normal. You know, I knew something was a little fishy. Um, you know, with those guys reaching out to me, if I don't have any, you know, these are guys who I consider who are legends, legendary teams, legendary coaches, legendary, legendary personnel. And I just have no desire to go and do it.
1: Last question. And I'll let you go because the one place I haven't seen you yet is uh, on one of those like the pros and the pros playing golf things, you know. Yeah. Could you beat Tom Brady at golf?
0: Um, I'm I'm getting pretty good. You know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a work I'm a work in progress. I'm probably a, a zero or a one handicap. So we play good? a handicap seat. It's, it's, My it's, producer's I'm saying shoot about, that's
1: really good.
0: I'm I'm going to shoot about I'm going to shoot about even par to a couple over every time. So. No, I'm, hey, look I'm getting at this better.
1: Motherfucker being all humble, Johnny humble about golf.
0: Well, well, here's the thing too. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and uh, and I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks. You know, I'm going to give myself, I'm 28. I'm going to give myself 12 years. So until I'm 40, from now on, I'm going to attempt. You know, golf is a is a sport where you have to there's nobody else out there with you. You have a caddy giving you some, you know, some suggestions, some recommendations, but you know, for the most, most part, it's you, a ball, some clubs, and going and playing a course. So I'm giving myself 12 years to try and play professional golf. I, I'm going to grind this out and see how good I can get and, and, and see if I can't, you know, enter in some tournaments and see if I can't go try and play professional golf eventually. I think it is a very uphill battle, but uh, that, that's what I'm setting for my goals. The, the next 12, I have 12 years to try and, to try and make a, uh, a PGA Tour event.
1: That's amazing. I'm I I'm putting it on my calendar. You guys put that shit on my calendar. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll set a calendar to 2033.
0: 2000 uh, 33. 33. Look at if us. Not We're good. I'll come back. I'll come back on the show <laughs> and right. uh and, and we'll talk about what went wrong.
1: All right. Good. Uh, and we we'll jump off a cliff sometime in the next year or two. Do some cliff. Hey jumping. man, you come
0: out to, you come out to Scottsdale anytime. We'll play some golf. We'll do some cliff jumping. We'll get just the gotta find some fucking water
1: in Scottsdale. I'm not doing any cliff oh, jumping in that sounds like a bit, you know a bad type of cliff jumping. Let's
0: there's plenty. We got plenty of lakes, plenty of boats. <laughs> okay. We'll good. We'll, uh, we'll have a good time. I love
1: plenty of boats. All right, Johnny. I appreciate you, man. It's so good to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. And check them out my on man. Fan, fan control football, the zappers.
0: Yeah, likewise, brother. If you want the right. guys to want to tune in on Twitch, cool if not. And I appreciate you having me on. You've always been a legend. Always been a big it. fan of you and your career and what Thanks. you did. So, you know, anytime, bro, hit me up. You got my number. I appreciate you. Cheers, bro. I
1: want to take a minute to thank DraftKings, our great partner for the 2020 football season. And we also want to shout out Stanford Steve for being a big part of that. We had some laughs, made some buckets, and had a lot of fun along the way. But while the football season may have ended, the 2021 sports calendar has just gotten underway. Had a terrific Super Bowl, might I add. So if you haven't already, head over to DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and enter the code GREENLIGHT and start firing away. You hit that interview out of the park.
2: Well, you got to know your role in this business. And my role in that interview was to lay out and let two behemoths of <laughs> brain power shine.
1: Uh, what was your favorite exchange? The third one. The third one was good too. Yeah, I agree. I'm pulling for Johnny. Uh, I've always thought he seemed like a a kid that just... Uh, I don't. Know, I don't blame him. Didn't like all that pressure. Just didn't mix with him, uh, and he was pretty open about talking about that. In the third part and the fourth part, there as you, as you probably recall, um, born in Tyler, Texas. Yes, he was. That's pretty cool. Fan football league is pretty cool too. Yeah, it is. Honest assessment, make. Uh,
2: I I don't see how you you last. I don't see how any of these guys last. It's. Yeah, it's tough. It's like
1: uh, Bill Barnwell tweeted a week or two ago that uh, the best Twitter is like the first week of new football league Twitter, which is so hopeful. It almost ignores the probability that maybe it doesn't last.
2: I'm not at all hopeful. Shadow uh, of the Shield is too long.
1: Let's say we try to get in this, uh, in this business one of these years.
2: Podcast-controlled football league. Ooh, how does that work? The junction. How does that work? Well, I think we copy the NFL to a T. Yeah. Except not so much to a T. To like a To like a, uncrossed T. Here's where yeah. we cross it, mm-hmm. you ready? Yeah. This has been talked about. This is not an original idea. Rock, paper, scissors for a coin toss. Terrific, Best yeah. That's two out of three. Mm-hmm. Bring back kickoffs. I gotta trust the technology to make the player safe, you think? But kickoffs, you think technology is going to do it? We're a delight. Uh, all right. If you don't want to get hit on the kickoff, then you're allowed to fair catch inside the twenty-five and go back and mm. go to the twenty-five. Yeah, good luck with that. But I want the kickoff to return. Mm-hmm. Where in the hell is my list of things? Here we go. Okay. Owners of teams are not the first people handed trophies after championships. Yes, yeah, that's,
1: that's a good one.
2: Coach, okay. How
1: about that Dodgers owner? You don't remember that, do you? In the pandemic when they won, he talked for like 11 minutes.
2: I don't remember that. But yeah, it's. Dudes it's, were
1: getting uh, jock itch out there just waiting <laughs> for him to finish his. And COVID. It's ridiculous. If you remember, they had a guy with a ginger beard that stood out there without a mask. Justin do you remember that? Turner. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I follow baseball. Grass fields. Everybody has to have a grass field. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on that. Where do I sign up? And two lids. Yeah. NFL, no fun league. You can only wear one lid. Now are they playing real tackle football? There's no gimmick to oh, the no. game. Oh no, I'm copying the rules of the game with a couple exceptions. Uh, no more instant replay in my league. Yeah? None.
1: Your league kind of sounds like it's, it's, it's not marketable. Hey, we got a new, new league coming out. Big difference though. Your team wins the title. You're not gonna hear from the owner for five minutes.
2: Uh-oh, and two helmets. Did you hear the part about rock, paper, scissors? Yeah, that was pretty cool. And no more tanking. Bottom four teams will have a tourney. Winner of those, that final four gets number one pick. Ooh. Yeah, so in theory you could tank to get into the final four.
1: Hey, let, me, let me paint this picture for you. Let's say, I don't know, Carson Wentz is your quarterback of team fourth most likely to land the top pick. He doesn't want to play them into the first pick. Let's say Trevor Lawrence is there. Mm, he,
2: he, he goes a little shoeless Joe on us.
1: Yeah, Black Sox, Yeah. 1917's baseball thing.
2: Right, right, right. Um, that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. options are limitless. You just painted me a picture like, damn, yeah, Bob Ross over there, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah thank you, I appreciate yeah. it, I really do.
1: A little uh, tree over here. I like
2: your league, what's it called? It is called the National. The Pecane. <laughs> it's called the National Football Association, NFA. NFA,
1: we're gonna shoot machine guns in the air before the start of every game at a flyover.
2: At the actual planes?
1: Not directly, at them, okay. but you get the idea. <laughs> Rubber bullets. Every uniform is an American flag printed (laughs) uniform. There is no name on the back of any of the jerseys. You don't know who's playing who. It's it's about the team. Everything about it is is about the team and it's about America.
2: The football pants? Yeah. Denim.
1: Football pants are denim. (laughs) And if there's ever an ice storm, you play your games in Cancun and just fill the stadium with daughters.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's where our Super Bowl is, Cancun during the winter.
1: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) If it's too cold in our constituency, we just bounce to Cancun. Half the games are, this is a great idea actually.
2: Every player has a goatee.
1: No free agency (laughs) (laughs) for life. Players play for free no free agency, players play for free, American flag uniforms, no names on the back of the jerseys, semi-automatic weapons, double flyovers, helicopters, F-16s, tanks. National anthem before every drive. National anthem before every single drive, dude. (laughs) Every single drive. James Woods is the commissioner. <laughs> For six months, so limited time only.
2: <laughs> nah, bro, that's got staying power.
1: Okay, all right. I mean, listen, Little Birdie invited me to play in one of these fan-controlled football league games today. Mm. I just wanna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out and say that. Bob Mentory hit my direct line and said, hey, I'll pay you undisclosed, redacted amount of dollars to come down to uh, greater Atlanta, Georgia. Hop in one of these skating rinks converted into astroturf football fields and play with a bunch of young, hungry guys for one week. I don't know what it entails, but he told me he would pay me to do that.
2: You're 35, yeah?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: If you hollered at all your GM buddies, said, "Hey, I'm 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 260." I I'm 252, but. I'm 265, I've been working out. Yeah, yeah, the drugs. But do you think you could get yourself a uh, a job in the NFL? Honestly,
1: yeah, I do think I could get myself a job in the NFL. They I probably wouldn't so pay me much, you know? They'd probably make me earn it, because Lord knows they made me earn it when I was productive late in my career, but.
2: Well, you're a locker room guy. Yeah, you're exactly. a blue guy. You We'd got like, the... Would you just come to our building and talk to some of our players? We'd love to see that Walter Payton Man of the Year patch that you never got to wear. But could I, but could I play football? No, really, just mostly conversations.
1: <laughs> mostly conversations. Yes, I think I could at the very least get one of those locker room guy jobs.
2: Yeah, you could share a locker in the locker room with somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Good callback. Thank you. Very good callback. I'd, uh, I'd pay you a league minimum to... Fuck yeah, you would. To talk to the fellas. To talk to the guys.
1: Uh, yeah, but I was kind of thinking about going down there and I was thinking about the possibility that my Achilles just explodes on not national TV but Twitch, which is effectively almost worse nowadays than like cable television. I survived my whole career without
2: becoming a meme, dude. Did you though? Yeah, sure. Okay, when did I become a meme? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna meme you, I'm gonna meme you because I got a great picture. From your playing career, yeah. I don't have a caption yet, mm-hmm. but I'm going It's gonna be real good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put it on the internet. Now, if it's
1: now, if it's a really embarrassing one, I got a video of you uh, drunk uh, in my camper right. van.
2: yeah, that's good. I, to talk. I, I, hey, we know what was said. Uh huh. That's fine. Let's leave it there. Redacted. I won't mean you.
1: And by the way, people, Bob Menery talks like a normal guy on the telephone. I just want you to know that mm. that whole voice thing. Yeah, it's his voice. It's not his all the time voice. Imagine being born with that voice. Like the <sighs> EA Sports guy.
2: I got like the, whew, short end of the stick does not begin to tell the story about my what voice. What kind of ads
1: would your voice do?
2: Low T. <laughs> just the dude with low T. You absolutely would. Thank you. I just don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't feel I'm like it. I'm the before in the before and after low-T commercial, yeah. Fuck yeah, you are. Hey guys, just not feeling it today. <laughs> well, here's a pill, Yeah, but that's a different guy. Yeah, you can buy it at the
1: gas station. Yeah. It's totally safe. How about like anti-vaccine dudes strike me as the type of guys that buy boner pills at gas stations?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. just doesn't make sense. That's fair. That's fair as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, fellas, don't feel like doing much today. Don't have any passions.
1: I mean, getting him to come to this podcast, I mean, there's literally a half an inch of ice on the ground.
2: Yeah, of ice. Half an inch. Bro. All right. Cowboy Reed.
1: Do you know what Cowboy Reed did to get here a couple mornings ago? What what did he do? Yeah, well, you're about to be super fucking emasculated because that kind of makes sense because you're in low-T
2: commercials. He cross-country skied here. That, you should have given me more time. I would have guessed that. That's classic Cowboy Reed. Is it? Yeah, I believe that. Where does Cowboy Reed live? Uh, As the crow flies that way. Yeah, as the crow flies,
1: you've never asked him.
2: Oh, I don't know if that's true. But you know
1: he cross-country skis.
2: I I think I do know where he lives. Okay. Reed, do you live in Redacted?
1: Yeah, here we go. Correct, I live in Redacted. so, So anyways, what I'm saying is that Cowboy Reed's not phased by half an inch of ice, okay?
2: Yeah, I'd like to see him cross country, ski on some ice. Could you do it, Cowboy Reed? I mean, I could do it. It wouldn't look very pretty, but I could do it. I, if I end up... He <laughs> sounds like a different Point Frank
1: sometimes.
2: On the side of <laughs> I-64. Yeah. Because I came in to podcast. Yeah. Pro bono.
1: Yeah, sure. Pro bono. Lord knows there's no compensation. Pro bono. We let you walk on Sundays, didn't change the check at all last fall, did we? Interesting that
2: you bring that up. Wait, you um, haven't gotten the check yet. I was committed. No, I got the check. Mm. Thanks, B. Uh, you know. on, uh, on Mondays is yeah. what I was contractually obligated oh, for. Oh, we might want and to look I, back at the contract. I showed up to all those Mondays, and then I was also prepared when you pulled the rug out from under me to do Sundays mm-hmm. via the Zoom. Mm-hmm. But you just and could, you yeah. And you, you declined, mm-hmm. my good friend.
1: Well, yeah, because you kind of suck ass on Zoom. Fucker. (laughs) Do you want to get to mailbag? Yeah. But first, we got to make fun of my face a little more. I mean, like, bring
2: it on. It's really not that bad. I mean, you're not, it's not a clean shave. I don't even know if you know how to do that. No, no, I don't. You got got stubble. You got a shadow. I
1: look like a fucking Teletubby is what I look like to me when I look in the mirror.
2: I don't really know what those look like.
1: You don't remember them? No. You don't remember them at all?
2: Weren't we too old?
1: Google a Teletubby. Just, I, I, I remind myself of one. Um, so people were just crushing me in the. Uh, uh,
2: that is what I had in my pictures. Right? Yeah. I kind of yeah. look like a Teletubby. No. There's your meme. You look different, you look fine. Yeah. It's not, it's not as jarring. Hairless cat, for sure.
1: Ugh. A little bit. Who looks uh, horrible with facial
2: hair? Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: You know what, I just am, I, I just wanna say this, man. You know, like, we don't, we're, do I say this? Say it, bro. I don't know that Leonardo DiCaprio is that hot, dude. Oh, no, that's fair. I don't understand all the chicks, man. Usually you can tell when Ryan Gosling walks in the room, you're like, oh, fuck, Ryan Gosling's here. Look at that motherfucker. No,
2: I'm with you, I like, like Leo but, a lot, though. I like him.
1: I, Leo's the man.
2: Leo's the man, but no, I'm with you. And I think part you.
1: of why he's the man is, To a dude, you're like, what do they like about him? Yeah.
2: It's a little, you know. I think that take is right. Mike in Durham asks, in light of Jalen Johnson of the Duke Blue Devils opting out of the rest of the season with just about three weeks left to go, what are some things you would like to opt out of? I was going to say hard things, but nah, let's keep the hard things in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because the adversity, Chris, if you use it right, it can buy you a ticket to a place you couldn't have gotten to any other way.
1: All right, Coach Macon.
2: Yeah, that's Coach Bennett via a TED talk following the 2019 national title.
1: If Tony Bennett listened to this pod at any
2: point, you would be petrified. No, I wouldn't. Coach and I have a, a good working relationship. You might or might not you might or might <laughs> not know that uh coach and i take a walk after every game from our locker room down to the press room yeah it's the span of roughly i don't know 70 yards and uh sometimes we uh we talk about our lives yeah sometimes we say nothing usually we say nothing
1: yeah usually nothing um but hey
2: not opting out of that walk oh no no well, this year, yes. In fact, <laughs> okay. I have opted out like Jalen Johnson, but unlike Jalen Johnson, I did so at the beginning of the season. So, oh, so this is a- mm, Newborn father mm, of a daughter. Mm. Um,
1: maybe, maybe. Uh, did you hear Ted Cruz uh, did for his daughter? No. Ice storm in Texas shut down the whole state. People are suffering. Um, he went to Cancun. No. Because his daughter wanted him to go to, to Cancun, bro.
2: And that's what he's using? That's what he's saying. Being father of a daughter. Father of a daughter, You He can dude. abandon all of Ted his constituents. Cruz,
1: yes, dude. Wow. He ruined it for you guys.
2: That's a tough one.
1: Basically, our boy Kai is getting a... He's one of our loyal listeners, Kai. We're dedicating this mail back to Kai, who is getting a... What's it called?
2: Oh, I don't know the name of the procedure. He's getting a testicle removed.
1: For you know, not that anybody would get it. I don't know how to talk about this, but Kai was willing to talk about it. And Kai asked whether he should keep just the one or add a prosthetic in there and have the two. And he wanted us to answer that on the show and to wish him good luck. I think, you know, we're gonna dedicate the mailbag to Kai and we're gonna answer his fucking question.
2: Yeah, the most real, most practical question we've we've ever received on this show. And there's, there's a lot of gravity and Are you going to, Kai,
1: are you going to do the thing that we suggest? Kai says yes.
2: (laughs) I say go one, dude. Wow. I say go two. So we're going to have to talk one another into pendulum. One or the other. Oh, good point. Cool trick. Good point. Okay. (laughs) How about symmetry and balance? Two things I care a lot about. Don't
1: think that's going to make a big enough difference to like, torque your gait or move your hip out of alignment. Well, visually. Visually, sure, but mostly just you and your lovely wife are seeing that, unless you're streaking the Super Bowl. hmm I say pendulum.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I say two, I say prosthetic.
1: Kai had one more question. Okay. His question was, kick two states out of the United States, add two countries.
2: Dakotas are out for me.
1: Just both Dakotas.
2: Yep. And I'm bringing in New Zealand mm-hmm. and Italy. Really? Yeah.
1: I don't, have an, I don't have an answer.
2: Switzerland and Iceland were on the cusp there.
1: I don't have an answer. As Let's was just... Florida on the chopping block. How about a pointless chore?
2: Yeah, good. I, uh, I say all of them are legitimate, Chris. Therefore, I don't have one. Do you have a pointless chore? Um, Laundry, necessary. Vacuum, gotta have it. Yeah, folding clothes. Interesting. I would
1: love to, at some point, get to uh, a place in my life where I get into the mode of socially ambiguous CEO figure who wears the same clothes every day. You know what I mean? Like kind of a, an evasive character and does not fold his clothes. I think it's a huge waste of time and I could be doing other things. Not that I fold my clothes a lot.
2: At the very least, the Don Draper, you, you, you pull out a crisp, dry-cleaned, white, Button down from the drawer. I mean, you're not going to be buttoning a shirt. I don't know the last time you buttoned a shirt, but took the legwork out of it. You must admit, though, that there is a point to that chore. You can't be walking around with wrinkled ass. Why though? Stuff. Why? You 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 practically why? Well, you...
1: I'm gonna start wearing wrinkled ass clothes.
2: You dress for success.
1: No, and pe- plenty of people were successful with wrinkled clothes, dude. Plenty of people.
2: Like Mr. Jefferson? You think? No, and he uh,
1: was barely a success in my book. Why was he such a success, Thomas Jefferson?
2: I don't know. Ever heard of the Library of Congress? Yeah. Donated Um, that shit. Your charitable ass should appreciate that.
1: Let me know when we start owning human beings (sighs) at at our 501C3. Jefferson, big success. You know what? He might be a case for folding my fucking clothes.
2: I'm sure actually his stuff was very crisp. Yeah,
1: Exactly. So more evidence of why I should not fold my clothes. The point is, there's no real point to folding your clothes. It doesn't change your day. It doesn't change anything objectively for you as you okay, go about well, you, your
2: day. You, you mentioned the camper van. I will tell on myself a bit. Yeah. I've been known to not wear clothes in cars to preserve...
1: The integrity of the button-down shirt.
2: Or the pants
1: even you'll wear like mesh shorts on the way somewhere and, and then get exactly the seatbelts a motherfucker
2: mm, right
1: mm-hmm. the seatbelt's tough
2: yeah and people don't get hey behind your knees yeah you idiots yeah we can see all those creases when you stand up i don't care enough to be do what mindful of descri- how you're sitting. i don't care
1: enough to do what you're describing at all Wow. Well, I, I i just uh yeah that would be my chore You and you say all your chores are necessary yeah okay
2: trash although damn it Time disposal. They haven't come since last Friday's snowstorm. Easy redacted. They do my fucking garbage too. Did they pick it up last Friday?
1: Yeah.
2: Are you serious? Yeah. You're serious? Dead serious. You're being serious? No bullshit. You're being serious? They picked up your trash on Friday? Picked it up, put it in their trash truck, waved to my kids. I live a, a five iron from you and they did not pick up my trash. Cause you're down the hill. Called him Tuesday. Hey, just still got that track. No big deal. I was just, hey, just checking on it. Ice becomes a problem when you live down the hill. Should I wheel it back? It wasn't ice on Friday. Should I wheel it back because we had a week of nothing? Oh no, we're getting to it. We're catching up. Well, Thursday came along and we had another ice storm.
1: Maybe you didn't have the stickers.
2: mm, Con, don't need stickers. We pay for this service. I got, I got,
1: I got. They never showed up at my house either. We've had the same problem. Okay. You believe me though.
2: Yes, best sports sounds.
1: Number one, Kevin Harlan and the CBS song. You know that. That's it. Bowling strike, maybe up there in the top five. Can be a little loud. Yeah, but it, there's a lot of energy there. I'm. I just. I. I know I'm going to be beer beer drunk with my friends if I hear bowling pins.
2: Puck hitting posts for me. You don't know where it's gone, really.
1: Nope. It's chaos, but I like, the, I like the foghorn better. Okay, also it can be loud, but yeah, yeah. You, you go to a hockey game and you complain about the foghorn being loud, that's like literally the whole reason you go to a hockey game is to see a goal.
2: Oh, I go for the pucks on the post. Yeah? Yeah, ting, cling, <laughs> or is it a clang? It's a ting. Ting?
1: I think it is a ting. Yeah, it's a ting. I love the sound of a baseball hitting a foul pole. Mm. Just, it's the most emasculating thing when a guy hits a dinger on you and it hits the foul pole way up high and the outfielder's gotta stand there and look at it drop like a fucking idiot and it just lands next to him.
2: Where are you on the doink?
1: The doink, I love the doink. You know I love double doinks even more than doinks, but there's another level, it's like the dong, clink. It's like a dong and a clink at the same time. That's when you hit the-
2: Dong and a clink, so maybe like a doink? No, I don't think it's a doink. Like a, it's like a dong.
1: <laughs> not a dong, dude.
2: A dong is like a like a no doubter home run, which is also a great sports sound. The
1: the 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 upright makes a different sound when you hit the top of it. Okay, it's like higher on the arm, and it's more Damn of a it. clink with the with the doink. Okay,
2: that's yeah, fair. It's a dink. Yeah, it's a dink. Okay, is it not a dink and a doink? Yeah,
1: give me the doink. You like the doink, I like the dink. Um, I would add probably guy yelling get in the hole mm. in my.
2: As long as you have the cup mic'd, race cars. V- v- oh, that's a great v- noise. V- v- Stops v- v-
1: becoming cool when you've sat there for 55 <laughs> right. laps.
2: Right, I could go with one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Any other sports sounds? That's good. Okay. We were done 30 minutes ago. Um, Let's go uh, an out. I'll see you later. Do we have to remind them of anything, John? I don't think so, man. Okay, cool. I got a couple birthdays. Yeah, dude, do, do them. Fuck yeah, do them.
2: Friday, February the 19th. Wasn't a Friday for these folks, but they are February the 19th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copernicus. Just give me a shot. Did you know him? Now, 1473, the famous Polish mathematician and astronomer obviously who theorized that planets revolve around the sun
1: who else had a birthday
2: that's it james woods was born april 18th that's coming up
1: james woods all right making uh we'll see you next week i'll see you tuesday
2: y'all take care y'all take care